0: Hey, everyone, this is Seth Jaffe, head of development for Tasty Minstrel Games, and you're watching and or listening to Legends of Tabletop. evening, everybody. How's I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we have our uh, second, third, I don't know, we haven't done this in a while, but we're doing our dungeon talk roundtable again tonight. It's going to be yeah, kind of a discussion about D&D and other geeky and nerdy things that are going on, uh, movies and such. So um, I'm going to kick it over to Vince because it's his baby for tonight. and uh, So we'll get everybody introduced and we'll see where we go.
1: Hi, I'm Vince. You all know me, although I haven't been online for quite some time. I've popped in and pop in and out now and then your phones everybody yes um so what we're gonna do here we're gonna keep it fairly informal and we're gonna start off by introducing everyone um from my side left to right aaron all the way through and pretty much just going through um how we got our introduction to whether it was D D or some other tabletop game or just geekery and nerdery in general so
2: Aaron, take it away. Uh, well, I was very popular with the ladies back in high school. And, uh, <laughs> no, basically I was a freshman and um, I was a nerd just like uh, everybody else. And uh, I certainly played sports and all that. But all of a sudden there was this thing called the strategist club over at Germantown High School. And uh, it was ran by Mr. Conover and the guy, like the proto-nerd, you know, the king of the nerds. And he had all the cool games. He had uh, Battletech, I think even, uh, Shadowrun when it first came out, tons of like, uh, PC games, and of course, Dungeons and Dragons, and so we got to play all of them, but, uh, we got into, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and, and that's how, where I cut my teeth, and then I did that until, uh, I moved from that high school, and then played occasionally in college, um, but then... You had to work and you had to put food on the table and thank God for the interwebs because now you could get a critical mass of, of nerds and geeks together and we can play no matter where we are. So yeah, I, it's been a resurgence in the past like four or five years for me. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, where you don't have to give an exact
1: location, but like where in the U.S. are you generally?
2: Not, well, usually I live in Minneapolis unless it's cold and it snows, which is half the year. And then that other half the year, I spend my time between Vegas and Phoenix, Although I do have a motorcycle out here, so I kind of bum around the west. So mm.
3: um,
2: anything where it's not cold. So I, it could be southern Utah. could even be Puerto Penasco in Mexico. Maybe California, but I hate California. So it's usually Nevada and Arizona. Mm.
1: Okay. Cool.
2: That's it. My, that's it. That's all there is. There was You're done. There. Yeah, that's it. You got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, we're going to shoot the intro over to uh, Mr. Dan. Dan, you want to
4: introduce yourself and sort of how you got started in geekery? Uh, certainly. So I started in middle school, which was in the mid nineties. Um, years ago. St- yeah, started with, uh, actually, uh, though I'd heard of Dungeons and Dragons. I started with magic, the gathering first and, uh, kind of fell into that, that bad crowd of, uh, of geeks and nerds who, uh, who love gaming and started, uh, uh and then it seemed like it, it popped up everywhere from there Groups at school and then the Boy Scouts, because I was, uh, you know, so uh, popular with the ladies, just like Aaron. And uh, yeah, so I I just been uh, playing here and there ever since, um, okay. on and off, off more than on, but okay. always a geek at heart. Yes, and that's middle important. school
0: in the '90s. Where are you, like 14? Jesus
4: <laughs> Christ! <laughs> '90s is a long time ago, John. I don't <laughs> know if you noticed it.
0: Uh, i'm old i forget uh, stuff i would already graduated by (laughs) them
1: seriously yeah i think we're all old enough to be your father i don't
4: know (laughs) jesus could be it's nice to be the newbie there you go all right uh and our our uh fearless
1: leader john
0: oh me oh shit um i I guess kind of like Aaron a little bit, I, I think I actually started with Battletech uh, more than anything else. Uh, a guy I went to high school with, we would play, you know, like after school and then we, you know, like first year in college, we'd get out of class and run back. We had like literally the whole floor in the spare bedroom was maps. We had squads of mechs taped up to the fucking walls. He wrote like a little DOS <coughs> computer program to like roll dice and, you know, the random number generator kind of thing. Uh, I guess shortly thereafter, I started playing Second Ed because I'd never played D&D before. Uh, Mm -hmm. A guy that I work with was like, hey, you know, you should come play D&D. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh my god, you've never played d &D." I'm like, nah, no, I you know, never never did that. So uh, I jumped in with them for a little bit. Uh, I think we played for maybe about two years. People moved, you know, group broke up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when my ex-wife's uh friends started dating Vince. We became friends and you know, he had played forever. Uh so he's like, Oh, we should play D&D. And I'm like, all right, that's cool, whatever. And it was it did not go well. It was really bad. I think maybe we tried like I don't know what four sessions, five sessions, like, yeah, this is fucking dumb. We're not doing it.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, certain people in the group hadn't well, fucking care. We're not gonna name any names. You know,
0: everybody everybody other than you and me.
3: <laughs> Pretty
0: much. Um and then uh, you know when when uh, fourth edition came out, been suggested that we uh, we play again, and and Penny Arcade was doing their uh, you know podcast stuff, and I'm like yeah, people true. recording games. This is crazy. And
1: and that was, was, that like, was 2007.
0: Yeah, so then I went up listening to like 20 podcasts or something like mostly all actual play stuff, and then you know I I joined the NerdBound podcast and I I played. So many different games with them. Uh, they introduced me to like a whole wider world of gaming, um, and then pretty much since 2008 through now, it's just been tons and tons of games. So, yep. yeah, it's that's pretty awesome.
2: Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then here we are, Legends of Tabletop. Yep. What was this? Your your ex wife's husband was friends with Vince, and then what? Well, how that that there's a story there.
1: I, <laughs> I, I I I John's ex wife had a friend and i was dating her in the 90s that's how we met and then oh, I, bro- okay. I broke up with her john john left his his wife and then once they changed the laws john and i will immediately marry so-, <laughs> 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 so yeah and i was back in 97
0: 98 i think i don't uh, even know what our townhouse still yeah. was before emily was born so it was pre-2000
1: I yeah, that's really what great that. that was with your 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 uh, insane fucking cat.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, she was crazy.
1: I would, but- I would, to, I would, I would come over to play BattleTech. What like once a week when when you were working the second shift, and then the, the fucking cat would just like go just just slap you, claw you for no reason. She was <laughs> she was
0: great with us. She you know she cuddled. She was great. People came over the house, and she was like a fucking puma. Just yeah, was this dark gray cat. She would attack people. She almost ripped Jason's eyes out one day. We were sitting playing chess. She jumped up on the table and she was just sitting there. And he's, oh yeah, you know, cat. I said, don't touch her. He reaches over to go get her. She's like, meow. <laughs> like I told you, don't touch her. <laughs> like,
3: yep. Oh
0: man. So Jeremy's hanging out in the chat. He said he got his start with the complete book of villains <laughs> 2.0 in '95. Uh, and yeah, so that that's his. Kind of jump in there.
2: Cool. Okay. For any of the older guys, not Spredo, because Spredo was a zygote <laughs> at the time. Uh, did, did any of you guys get like a backlash? Like, because I, I was in a religious family, and they they were like, "Ooh, Dungeons and Dragons is the cult, and all this other." Did any of you guys have that or no?
4: It's a no, panic. I,
2: yeah, no, I heard about that,
1: but we we where we were at now, it's it's not a, not a huge deal.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah, I think that was more like early mid '80s when that was really, you know, more of a more of a thing.
2: Mm. You know, well, that's when I was around. That's that's you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember Carter. I, I do remember Carter. <laughs>
4: yeah, they kind of blown over by. I guess it was kind of still going in the nineties, but it wasn't like mainstream anymore that whole You were
2: three years old in the nineties. What are you talking about? (laughs) How were you on top of this at three?
4: Listen, I I was very I was ahead of my time. I was I was reading the papers. Sure. Wall Street uh, Journal. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. It's quality shit right there.
1: And uh, how about yourself, Gabe? How'd you get a start in, in tabletop gaming? And you could all, if you want to relate your story with uh, software design too, go, feel free. Oh, uh,
5: well, you know, um, I guess, uh, well, I ran over and I got some props because uh, yeah. they were sitting over there and I was like, I had these boxes. Oh, cool. I was like, oh, you yeah, know, well, these are some of the first boxes. These are my boxes from uh, from the 80s, from when I, well, I guess my parents bought them for me. Hmm. But, um, you know, the uh, Star Frontiers and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one I bought later in life, but I have the red one too, okay yeah um but yeah, I started off I guess uh I don't know how, but I guess I heard about this thing I guess I went over some friend's house I was like, yeah, there's this thing called d and d and uh we played it together for a little bit and uh, I begged my parents to go to the bookstore and buy me uh, whatever was the latest thing so I have like a whole collection of not only basic, but advanced Dungeons and Dragons and some mm-hmm. modules and stuff. And I think from there I started branching off like, you know, whatever TSR made. So, you know, the Star Frontiers and the Gamma World and stuff like that. And then um, also I think it was a, uh, I had a friend who liked a different kind of like role-playing games that weren't Dungeons and Dragons. They were more like um, sci-fi stuff. And so that kind of got me into um, a uh, game called, uh, well at the time it was called traveler 2300 hmm. and twilight 2000, well, I guess twilight 2000 was more like a military campaign style thing. And then, uh, 80, 2300 or 2300 AD was, was more like the, the space opera stuff. And it was around the same time that the movie aliens came out. So, uh, me and my buddies were like super psyched that we got to play like, like space Marines and aliens. Um, yeah, and then I guess uh, you know when when like um, like we were saying earlier when you when you get to be an adult, you're just like, oh, I got to do cool things because adults don't play Dungeons and Dragons. But then I think uh, I guess around the early two thousands, mid two thousands, I uh, started playing D and D again, and that's where I met Vince. Uh, we all met up at like a Barnes and Noble or something to kind of like formulate a and D group of strangers. Uh, oh, and Dan, Dan was there too, I think. Or was he some, no, someone? That
1: no, that's uh, Dan is introduced to this group for me, but that yeah Jane, a later Jane. edition. James was at the group too.
5: Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and as far as like you know, doing game development uh, when I was a kid, I would always play like things like Ultima Online or Ultima, the Ultima series, or Wizardry and stuff like that. Any kind of like RPG I could get my hands on, but I also play a lot of strategy games too. Uh, both tabletop and um, and on the computer, so that's kind of like where my background is and where I, where I started to like uh, tabletop and and video games. Kind of like they kind of mix together for me in that way. Cool.
2: Did and I hear where, you right where you said you had to beg your parents to take you to the bookstore? I didn't have to beg them, but you know, I oh. guess
5: when you're like ten years old or eleven years old, you're like, "Hey, I want to mm-hmm. go buy these books," and they're like, "What? What books? What are you talking about?" And, uh, you know, I don't have any money, so they had to, like, give me, like, the 10 bucks or whatever it cost. I don't know. does it have the price on the back of these things. Well,
2: yeah. I'm, just, I'm just amazed, like, if you have a kid asking to go to the bookstore. I was asking, like, can I go to the candy <laughs> store? Can I go get video <laughs> games? If I said books, my parents would pass out.
3: What's oh, yeah. I, I love books.
2: I read all kinds of books. I'm I not read joking. Read I'm, of I'm, books. I'm, I don't think I've read more than 10 books that I didn't have to outside of school, like, sure. willingly. Really? Well,
5: you know, it's like weird because, you know, when I was like 10 and 11, the thing that got me reading was the choose your own adventure books for the, oh, they made for kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like reading those every day, kind of coming home on the bus or walking home. I would like read them as I was walking home. And uh, that's what kind of got me into being a reader, like reading sci-fi and fantasy and stuff.
2: Yeah. My folks would try and get me to read and they, they one time came to me, um, it was it Lord of the Rings, which, when you stack them up, is about the height of the Sears Tower in Chicago? And I looked at them like, the hell! And I told my mom they're gonna make movies out of it someday. Said, nah, you know won't end up, the movies aren't as good as the books. And when the when they actually came out, I, I like, aha! I told you! I told you! I don't have to read those. I saved myself so much time. Well, uh,
0: there's yeah, a lot.
2: Yeah, as far there's as, as I know. What, do you want me to read Atlas Shrugged? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, I
1: think that. I have it on my shelf. <laughs> well, <good for> you. <laughs> That's the before you die, you have to read that and then give a report. They
2: made a movie out of it. What do I have to
3: read it for? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're never the same. No, no, but not for not for anything. They are really good. So. Oh. I, you're you're
0: definitely the outlier here, Aaron. I I yeah. think we're all solidly in the reading camp. I
4: wanted you to be a nerd. <laughs> yes. I, tried I tried to, to be a nerd. On. I just
2: couldn't. I didn't meet the reading requirements. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got an F on the reading requirements. Yeah, totally. Hey, I flunked out of English. Did you? Yeah, I tried what? to look up my old teacher who flunked me and like waved the books that I published in her face. <laughs> I can't find her anymore. I'm like, ah, oh, you're nobody. I can't find you. But me, I'm published and I failed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, i'd love it i love it uh well as for myself i got i got my d and d start with the red box set as well in nineteen eighty three and then from then on in that summertime with some friends around the block every fucking day d and d d and d d and d and then it went you know advanced dungeons and dragons and then it moved into star frontier shatter run some um teenage mutant ninja turtles um no shit. Lord of the Rings, the uh, the uh, Iron Crown Enterprises Middle Earth role playing game, and on and off since 1983, I've been fundamentally a dungeon master. I've played a few games, and Gabe has run a few games, um, but for the most part, a DM. So it's been uh, it's been years.
5: Speaking of Lord of the Rings, there's like a whole new series of Archie uh, RGB books based on, I guess, the Pathfinder stuff. Oh, really? yeah uh they looked really cool hmm. they okay. saw them at uh packs unplugged
1: yeah oh, okay how was that by the way you did go right
5: uh yeah yeah it was it was pretty cool it was like really packed uh tons of people tons hmm. of stuff to take a look at um i didn't go really go to any of the um the sessions or anything like that but um for the i guess it was two or three days that it was open it was it was pretty cool and it, it's probably gonna come back there was probably Definitely enough interest uh, to have them come back. So that would be really cool. Okay.
1: Now, where was it? It was in um, the convention center in Philly?
5: Yeah, it was in the Philly convention center uh, right in Center City.
1: Was it all Do you three know days? Good. I was going to say, was it the all three days or just two?
5: Or I think it was three days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Do you know what the uh, attendance was? I I was gonna go, and I was just like, ah, you know, coming at a Necronomicon, I'd spent a shitload of money already. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna go.
5: Um, I don't know exactly, but um, if you take like at the end of the day, like at five o'clock when the ex- when the expo and shuts down, the, the entire. Uh, convention floor was filled with people playing games. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's not counting the ones that were kind of probably out at the sessions and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, at least ten thousand, if not more.
1: That's decent size. That's pretty good. And that was the first one, wasn't it? That was like- yeah. Well, it is
5: PAX. PAX has got uh, a pretty big name on it, but yeah. yeah. For Philadelphia, I wasn't. I really wasn't expecting it to be this uh, popular.
0: Well they do Wizard World, the comic conventions and all that shit over there. I mean they've they've got a you know, a fairly robust nerd community to be able to support that or else Wizards wouldn't do it there.
5: Yeah. Well I mean if you can figure that the the expo floor was about half the size of Wizard World, with the other half being just just free to play tables that people were playing at and demo tables and stuff. Um I got a few games there too. Uh some pretty cool tabletop games. Um Something called Eschaton, which is kind of like a mix between Dominion and Risk, hmm. and okay. uh, there was something else I can't remember what it is off the top of my head right now. But uh, yeah, they had a lot of really cool like indie games and um, you know small independent studios that were that had booths there too.
4: Cool. Now, is the plan for that to return to Philly if it does return? Is it going to be like a Philly thing or is it going to be? Yep. Um, oh, that's it's awesome.
5: not. It's not going to be traveling around. It's like Philadelphia is the place where. PAX unplugs is going to happen.
4: Nice. All right, so
1: we got the introductions out of the way. Now, um, what is uh, we haven't played in a while, which I have a bone to pick with most of you guys. All of you, well, yeah, all of you guys, with the exception of John. I sent out a fucking email about playing D&D in February. Now, one of you bastards responded. What's up with that shit?
2: I was hiking and having fun. All right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Usually, honest. usually, if it's email, uh, if it's not like business related, it goes to the bottom of the stack. You, and I th- you guys suck balls. You're you're more likely to get me if you text me, or even if you tweet at me. I might respond fast. Tweet than- at you. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna have to fucking twatter at you, fuckers. <laughs>
2: Uh, you, can, you can always assume yeah. I'm in because i I can always adjust my schedule. I have literally no responsibilities. It's like being a kid but with pubic hair I, I, you know, <laughs> so I, I just yeah. won't make it I'll show up. yeah there you go yeah that's it's
5: usually, that's usually the thing for me too. It's like I take a quick look and I'm like, oh yeah I'm ready for, I'm, I'm available for that day and I forget about it
1: all right but uh I'll, yeah i'll send uh, I'll send Twitter uh, messages to you folks. <laughs> Jesus, that's what yeah. Uh, okay. There's a, 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 an archive. There's some yeah,
5: well, I want to get back in that game. I, you know, I miss my, my wizard, and I want to see uh, the return of uh, Blackfeather if he shows up. Hey, you, uh, Vince,
2: we, yes. You know what you should do is you should do like all the girls do when they get married. They send out the pre-RSVP pre pre, pre RSVP stuff, and you could annoy <laughs> us, have our full name spelled out without numbers on the address. we got to send it back and check the fucking boxes and all that. We could do that if you'd want your royal eminence.
4: You uh, some fancy paper. Actually,
2: wow.
5: I, I think that's a great idea. Why don't I'd you be... send email invites? I mean, not email, regular mail invites in fancy envelopes. That will uh, get our nice. attention. Hold nice on right. a
4: second. Um, I che- I just checked my email. I did reply to that, and then Aaron, he he pulled a, what I usually do, and he just did a reply directly to me instead of the oh group. Oh my God! You guys, <laughs> suck. that's my trick. <laughs> I did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? God damn it.
4: Yeah. Now, right. I've done that like three or four times. Like, I just right. send it right, to Gabe.
1: We're gonna, we're gonna. I'll set up something for March. I'm going to assume Aaron is in, unless I'm there's in. some kind of active God. I'm going to assume Gabe is in. And then Dan, whether it depends whether or not his kids are shitting.
4: Yeah. Or being yes. born. Yes. One or the other. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, can you at least script? I can play for, sound the like delivery a, room.
2: The wedding invite. I could. I'll. I, I could. I'll accommodate you. I'll go you ahead. Are and, you are cordially invited to cordially. attend <laughs> us on this glorious day of March the seventh, the year of our Lord, twenty eighteen.
4: Yes. Get some Microsoft. Uh, get some templates with some yeah. nice fancy lettering I'll do, and scrollwork. the
1: background. Good. Present thine self accordingly. Yes. Yes. All right. We can do that.
5: Can you can you have it sent as a skull? <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll, I'll send it with by a pigeon,
5: by homing pigeon. Yeah,
2: have some trumpeters, you know, announce it. <laughs>
1: oh my god! And you'll still won't fucking reply.
2: <laughs> I'll send it back by carrier pigeon.
1: You'll we'll yeah, be you
4: impressed.
1: Go. You'll be so impressed, you'll want to show up for the game. All right, cool. Yeah, nothing like that.
0: That's one of the things, though, right? Like, I mean, like Jeremy and I were in the chat together. It's like everybody's always on, you know, with the internet, and everybody's, you know, TV, and you know, the kids are doing stuff, and they're all involved in activities. Like, to be able to try to schedule something like this <laughs> is so <laughs> difficult, you know, especially if you're looking at trying to get six different people to come to the table to play a game. Mm. You know, the the scheduling itself is is you know can be a nightmare. Not even to get them to respond, but then you know if they respond to actually remember and show up. That's well, how true. many uh, guys
2: got kids? I, I do. Don't. Dan does. Does anybody but me? Am I the only one that doesn't? I don't have children. Yeah, if I guess some-
4: you have Vince. You have a very needy cat, though. I don't know. That might count.
2: That true. Sell them for some <laughs> Electrum, <some laughs> <laughs> and we'll add it to your your character yeah. sheet.
1: <laughs> the Brotherhood of the Honest Coins selling children.
4: Yes. Yes. <laughs> But for an honest price.
1: Yes. Well, you know, the market,
2: you gotta get fair market value. <laughs> How much Bitcoin do I get for your kid?
5: Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just posted a link. You guys should use Discord because it lets everybody kind of like chat and kind of semi real time. Is this
1: something else I got to sign up and get my email for?
5: Probably. But, uh, you know, move into the 20, 21st century events. It's look, it's
1: I've, hey, 2018. I got, I, got, I got enough of this shit at work. Strange, you've been invited to join Strange Heroes. What is this? Is this something? Uh, that's there? that's just
5: like the, the Discord server that I use for my friends to so just. Play oh, okay. All
4: right, let's all get off this call. Go over to Discord. And I'll see <laughs> you guys in five minutes. I will just do everything there.
1: I, li- I like the I like I like the calligraphy scroll idea better. It's less time.
5: <laughs> no, seriously, you should you should do that next time. Send us invites in the mail. I mean, who does that, right? <laughs> it's true.
1: Well, I might be, be in
2: Vegas, so don't send it. Can you send it to all three different addresses I could potentially <laughs> be at?
1: Car- I'll carbon copy
2: it. I'll mimeo- I'll get my <laughs> mimeograph machine out, Aaron. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or send up the bat signal or something or the Clary hey. signal. I don't know, something in this guy. He's like a big finger. I was just gonna say that, actually. Yeah, big fucking
1: finger. Here you go. We're playing D D tonight. There you go. It's the <laughs> asshole signal. They need me. Yeah, that. Oh my god. So, what is everyone? Uh, is everyone playing? I mean, other than our game, is anyone playing anything these days? I mean, I know John's in like five fucking games. I don't even know how. You don't even. You don't sleep, do you? You have. You don't you <laughs> just. Sleep. I I I'm- don't I don't sleep much.
0: Um. Uh, or at least not enough, um, Mm. yeah, between the games and and interviews and, you know, editing and house stuff and kid stuff and, you know, going to the gym, it's, 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 Mm. it's, it's, it is what it is, right? I mean, you, you, you make time to do the things that you want to do and I try to get as much of it as I can Mm. and then, you know, inevitably, you know, just leads to a crash and then, it, you know, kind of like pulls back for a little bit. And then I feel bad because I'm not doing the things I should be doing. And then I ramp back up again and then crash again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's having a podcast. It's,
1: it's what you do. So basically it's like a manic depressive cycle is what you're saying.
0: Almost. But, it, but it's fun, right? Like what would I be doing otherwise? Like I get to play games and hang out with people. I mean, like we're all over the place. I mean, we've had guys, you know, Aaron's in Vegas tonight if we were playing. Uh, you know, uh, Daniel's, uh, over and over in the UK has played with us, uh, you know, Oscars in New York, Kurtz in, in Wisconsin, uh, you know, Neil's down in Florida. Like we're, we're just all over, but yet because of, you know, the, the wonder of the technology that we have, we can all just like hang out and, and have a good time and play games and do the thing that we enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. and And it's awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just think back on when we were you know, all of us getting into D and old guys, and then if we had the power of the internet, it's it, we would be ruling things. It'd be amazing. Our lives may have taken different turns. <laughs> but as it stands now, we have one foot in the uh, in the cassette age and one foot in the digital age.
0: <laughs> That's for sure. And now all your discs are going to go away. as they have a, what is it? Disc rot or something? I just saw an article on. So all of your uh, you know CDs are supposed to last
1: forever and now all starting to decay yeah, the, the, the magnetic tape is
2: less longer has more uh, more shelf life as it were than the fucking CD. Yeah. any of you guys ever take those uh remember those CD towers in the
3: 90s-hmm
2: have you ever taken your CDs and converted them all to mp3s all I love. have. It oh, took goodness. three days, three days <laughs> of ripping and burning and saving. <laughs> but I finally got all of it on one hard drive and then a backup hard drive. And it was painful to sell these CDs. because that was cool. That was cool to have that that, that rack in the nineties, that ninety C D oh, yeah. tower. Mm-hmm. You know, girls would walk in, whoo, and you'd think, Oh, that is helping me get sex now because I have that cool C D <laughs> tower. And then yeah, and so and then, throw this
4: in a CD changer, baby.
2: Oh, I had one of those six, D, six CD carousel changers. Oh Ooh. yeah,
4: that
2: was a panty dropper. That oh, showed definitely. the girls I was top notch. <laughs>
1: yeah, complete panty dropper there. Oh yeah, I remember those. I've yeah, that was it was. I have two boxes of CDs left that I have to do.
2: It was mm-hmm. sad when I went to sell my CDs. I'm thinking, like, oh, these are, these are collecting. These have had 20 cents, 20 cents. Oh, this is a good <laughs> one, 30 cents. Fuck. <laughs> you.
4: Like that, goddamn Columbia Record Company. <laughs> <laughs> no? I think like CDs? I've got vinyl.
2: No. Yeah.
0: I have some, but it's, it's a holdover from, you know,
1: the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it saw mine, too.
0: Is that all
2: your like, old vinyl was called Records. It was back in the <laughs> 50s, 60s,
4: and 70s. I have Wikipedia, old man. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I got Google. I know what's up. Yeah. We had a record player growing up. Never actually used it for anything other than like scratching my parents' old records and was... making goofy noises and playing things at the wrong speed. But... Yeah. uh. I knew in theory, people used to use them for, uh, listening to music. So. <laughs> I
0: mean, you know, what we've, you know, lost, you know, in our artistic sense is, you know, you, you get an album to open up, you'd have all that awesome art in there. Like I have all yeah. the Iron Maiden albums and everything. And now you get like a, a postage stamp mm. size piece of art. Like it's just a different, yeah. you know, the music is still there, but, but, you know, that that experience of, you know, kind of flipping it over and putting
4: the, the record on and just and kind of going stuff.
0: through,
1: yeah, all that stuff. And not only that, but actually going out to, like, Sam Goody or Tower Records and just, you know, Tower Records was open until midnight yeah, out here. I don't know if it was out on the West Coast, but on the East Coast, it was a thing. And you go oh, on board, whatever, you just go into Tower Records and spend an hour or two going through the... Going
2: flipping through, the through titles. titles, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really like the uh, – I wish I saved it all, but the Atari 2600, you'd always get some kind of artwork in the instruction manual or something like that, sure, the cartridge. Yep. And um, even Nintendo, I remember um, – do you guys ever play uh, Chrono Trigger?
3: Yeah. yeah. I so still I have saved, a copy.
2: I saved that and all the stuff. Oh, and sure. then one time I was moving, I'm like, okay, I'll, I, I'm going to get rid of this. And I don't even think I donated it to Goodwill. Uh but yeah that right there I think it's worth $300. Uh the this, if you have this Chrono 08 Defender.
5: Hey
3: look at that. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs>
2: this for the
5: for the Atari 800 or 400 800 oh, computer wow. system. Um, wow. Actually yeah, I just got I just over. got a book for Christmas which has all of the art from all of the boxes from
2: Oh cool. Old- really? Yeah.
5: What the, what's the name of it? Uh it's called Atari post uh I think it's just called Atari box art or something like that. Cover art. Oh dude,
2: I'm so getting that. Atari box art.
5: You mean, let me, yes, let me uh, I'll I'll look up the link. Yeah.
2: I uh, I'm writing it down like an old fart. <laughs> See, sprayed in our day we had this thing called paper and we'd use pens. Look, I have a thing from Yeah, past. yeah,
4: dip your quill, old man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> run out of ink.
2: There you go. Yeah, you you could do the invitations Aaron with your pen. <laughs>
4: Practice to say calligraphy. Mm-hmm.
2: It would please me greatly if you could attend on this September the fourth, and the Lord of tw- two thousand. They have to spell out two thousand
1: and eighteen. Yeah. Two thousand and eighteen, yes. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, uh, um, Gabe just put the link to the. Uh, is that your affiliate link, Gabe? We're are we gonna get it. Is we <laughs> we gonna get to-
5: <laughs> no, actually, here's a. That's the Amazon one. Here's here's an actual the website for the book.
1: Hmm. Oh, okay.
5: Oh.
1: Or okay, sorry, pull that up. Yeah. Redirecting you to, oh, okay. Forty bucks. What the fuck? That's probably. A big it's box. totally
5: worth it. It's, it's a probably. book. It's like about this big, you know. It's for right. your coffee table.
1: No, there you go. Oh, space. There you go. Oh, I remember Outlaw. Holy shit.
5: Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, it's got like a bunch of little stories in there about oh, all the different art too. and stuff. Yeah, it's got the
1: cartridge patent in here too. U.S. Patent April tenth, nineteen seventy nine, sheet two oh, of wow. three. Mm -hmm. At 4149027. And they
5: they just came out with another one called, uh, you know, poster art of Atari or something like that. Mm. It's all the poster art from from all their, you know, game promotions and stuff like that. Atari had, like, this, like, crazy thing in the 80s where, like, uh, if you played, uh, I think, I forget what game it was called, like, Adventure or something like that. And if you found some special Easter egg, uh, you could get, I don't know, was was it Adventure? I don't know there was some game you played it and like people, if they got the special Easter egg, they would get, you know, and they sent in uh, their name to whoever they could, they could get like a golden chalice or like a golden sword or shield and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. I forget what it was called though. Um, But it was pretty much the inspiration for that book. I don't know how many of you read it. Um, I'm reading it now. It's called uh, ready player one.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. Do you guys remember the, um, the et cartridges uh, buried out in alamogordo new mexico yeah. I saw the doc- I and saw the, the guy doc- went out there he went out there and <laughs> dug it up yeah it was real yeah it was real yeah but the before that, yeah the documentary 12 years before he did it i went out to new mexico not solely for this but i brought a shovel because i thought it'd be that simple and so I drove all the way, going through, hiking out west. I'm like, I'm going to go and find out where. So I found out it's in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Hmm. And I pull into town, and this is, like, kind of pre-you-can-look-anything-up-on-the-internet days. So you hmm. had to ask around. You say, hey, where do they bury the ET cartridges? And they say, oh, it's in, it's in this dump, st- dump over there. I'm like, oh. is And I say, well, is it accessible? They're like, well, you could access it beneath, like, all this concrete. I'm like, oh. And I looked at my little shovel. I'm like, this is not going to work. <laughs> Whoops. Nope. That was my attempt to be Indiana Jones, and it failed miserably. <laughs> there you go.
4: Well, at least he didn't accidentally dig up some like spent nuclear fuel rods or something. Oh, yeah,
2: <laughs> it's all by White Sands. It's not too far away from various nuclear test going Yeah, cold right there.
4: Well, you oh, never know. You got the Manhattan Project and stuff. Aaron glows. It was a
2: big giant tarantula that was a mutant that was hidden <laughs> all this time.
1: Aaron glows when you turn the lights off. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. So what's up? Uh, so, so no one's, all right. So no one's playing anything other than video games. Anyone playing any tabletop? I mean, we already went through John's massive
4: itinerary. Is anyone, (laughs) is anyone else playing any, uh, any, doing anything geekery or, um, uh, Danny, my five-year-old son is obsessed with the monster manual and, uh, Mm -hmm. we've been trying to to play and I'm kind of like, getting him into it he doesn't like fully understand what it's about yet i don't have like minis and and uh and boards and stuff to play with so we're just kind of like um winging it and doing uh drawing maps on sheets of paper and stuff like that and so i think he's kind of becoming um convinced that dungeons and dragons is like you're basically drawing pictures of stories that you're telling and doesn't have anything to do with (laughs) like the dice or (laughs) or anything so he's a little bit confused but we're getting there we're going to, like, start, uh, start doing, like, a regular thing. But cool. uh, he, uh, he named his character uh, Smash Stash, which I, I think is a pretty radical name. and a good
3: video
4: Yeah. And uh, he's, a, he's a Dwarven cleric because he wanted to be able to heal. And his horse the, he named Stone, he named which I thought was cool. but uh, What's yeah. the horse's name? Stone. Stone, okay. Yeah, but uh, he's he's uh, he's enjoying it. He he had uh, some cool things. He's like trying to trick the goblins that he's stealing from, and he's he's like he seems he's kind of a natural. We just have to get over the whole like uh, you know, trying to DM the game and and take it away from me while I'm trying to tell the story over here. <laughs> <laughs> second, DM.
3: what about second? <laughs> yeah,
4: he's already he's already on that trying
1: to. Jack nice. the game. All right, so you're introducing your son to the wonderful world of
4: Dungeons and Dragons, as well. You should. Yeah, and then I'm playing in uh in Vince's qu- quasi monthly game. Yes. Uh, which is that's a lot of fun. We're doing uh that's fifth edition, mm-hmm. and uh that's that's going well. We got James, Gabe, who else is in that uh, Aaron. and Aaron. Yeah, Aaron's uh yeah that's right. You're uh remotely sled sled.
2: Yep, I'm Sled. Sled. Well, I feel like we're movie stars, you know, like, you know, I'm George <laughs> Clooney playing this, and he, you know, Vince is Tom Cruise playing that. We're, just, <laughs> we're at that – that. who's the guy at Harvard University who does the actor's studio?
3: Oh, oh shit. He about.
2: interviews us. It's yeah. just like that without the money, fame, girls, or the looks.
4: That's basically <laughs> what this oh, is. Wow, okay. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Aaron, are you... Uh, Unearned confidence that we get from it. <laughs> there you go. It's all about the character, baby. All
1: right, so, Aaron, you playing anything, or are you just kind of like uh, waiting for our games?
2: Uh, I wait for your games, but uh, two things I, I have. One, I have a buddy who runs a game company, tabletop game company, so he has access to everything. Mm-hmm. So if I ever go visit him in, in Carolina, North Carolina... Uh, Me, him, and his kids, we all play. And then we go to conventions and whatever over in Raleigh. Um, So that's kind of fun. But then I swore I I bought a PS4 and in a rage after I tried to install Battlefront and it said, oh, we got to download stuff like all that. I filmed a video of me taking a mallet to my PlayStation 4 (laughs) and it felt very therapeutic and it felt very good um but now there's that zelda game that's come out and red dead redemption is coming out within the year and i'm i'm going to see if i could borrow a a, a console from a buddy or, or something like that because i i just don't want to buy these pcs without a keyboard and that's basically what they are so but uh aside from that now this is it and then occasionally when i, I hang out with my but like uh, john said before it you know you don't have a critical mass locally enough to do anything local. So it's all on the internet for me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm I mean, playing golf for God's sakes. That's how, I mean, I would rather play D and D. I mean, golf is like, well, you, you, you understand, like once you get to this point, you're like, now nah, I know why old people are boring. Cause there's nothing else to do. And you just like, Hit the balls,
4: that's all it is. No critical hits in golf. There's no feats. There's no, uh, <laughs> yeah. No yeah. Slots. It's all just, Hit the ball it, towards it, the hole, man.
1: Just take no. Aaron. Just take your dice bag with you and break out the
2: 20 sider next time you you know you miss. <laughs> do you have any dude? I hang out with baby boomers during the daytime. They have no idea what that would be. They'd look at me like, <laughs> "What the hell's wrong with this kid playing with this weird-looking dice?" And hey, do you want to come over and play there, Herbert? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> be kicked Sorry. off the golf course in half a second.
5: There's apparently a a new video game out called RPG or RP RP Golf where you get to role play a golf player.
2: What? How wow. is that different than just a golf game?
5: <laughs> it's probably not. <laughs> very but, we, we have
2: stats, I guess. Okay, but it, here here's one what, what's the RPG? How is that different from a from a sports game? Like they always had Outlaw Golf and but what's the RPG like you got to go and Hit on the the best golfer's trophy wife and kind of earn your way. Is this more like a caddy shack type of thing? Maybe,
5: <laughs> maybe you got to have enough stamina to have beers at the nineteenth hole or something. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that could be. Yeah. That could be. That's cool. And uh, how about you, Gabe? What are you, you running any games? Are you playing any? I mean, other than your game design?
5: Let's see. Uh, well, you know, I was I was running a fourth edition game uh, up until like I guess. Last fall, but um, it kind of petered out because uh, everybody just got really, really busy and doing stuff. But um, I really liked the campaign I was working on. It was kind of like a mix of, uh, you know, uh, pre-built stuff from from wizards and stuff that I would kind of like just make up on the spot. Okay. um the party I was uh, you know I was I was a DM and the party I was playing with uh they were they were pretty much you know very like enthusiastic and gung-ho about you know making stuff up on the fly and um they had crazy ideas all the time um I had to rein them in sometimes sometimes they would like totally get bagged uh, bogged down by like trying to outthink me and I would just be like shaking my head just like dude just just be the hero just stab him with your sword, everything will be fine. And um, I think I said that once, and they all took it to heart. And they're like, "All right, we just got to be the heroes." And they uh, they started playing like heroes instead of people always trying to like, you know, figure out what the hell the best move would be.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: I, I'm not particularly dangerous as a as a DM. Like, I do like to kind of stick it to them as far as like if they're like a if they're, if they're a giant walking dragon that's seven feet tall and they walk into a town, they're not going to be like normal you know they're not going to be like oh hey look there's a dragon walking around it's they're going to be you know weird uh but as far as like killing people i don't really kill people i think that's silly i make i well they die but then they just have to like find a way to bring them back
0: well but that's interesting then right so part of you know part of playing the game is to have that sort of unknown you know what's gonna happen you know it's up to the dice you know it's completely random whatever if if you don't ever and not that you go after players right because that's stupid like that's not funny you know we grew up with people who you know it was GM versus players and that's stupid and I don't I don't really get it and I don't appreciate that kind of game but um you know if there's no risk of of true pc death
4: you know I mean there's it's just risk. kind
5: of there's risk that their plans, whatever they were, won't work and that they have to do something other than what they were planning on doing. Mm. Uh, so the risk is the story doesn't go the exact way that they want it to go. The ri- that's the risk. You right. know? It, it's honestly that their player, their character doesn't have to die because why are they playing a character that's not special? Right. Why are you telling the story about someone who doesn't survive? Because who cares about that guy? He's dead.
1: Well, then, yeah, then you're playing Warhammer Fantasy.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you must well just play. A, I mean, and I and, and to be honest, I like this idea. Uh, you know, to play a war game. You know, and to play just you know set up the board. You know, your soldiers get out there. They might have names. They might have stats, and they do things. But they can die, and you're not really attached to them. But when you're having a like a campaign, and you know, a year from now, your character's got to be remembering that time they that almost died. And that the party had to go off and do this special thing to kind of bring him back. Or maybe they were, you know, all dead. And one guy had to, like, drag all their bodies across the swamp in a, in a, in a log boat or something. So, mm-hmm. um you know, those are the stories I think that they all really, really, you know, like to, to tell after, you know, after the game's over. It's like, oh, I remember when I did this. And, you know, killing them and then forgetting about the character because you're bringing in a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, I think.
2: Well, doesn't that introduce the economic philosophical aspect of too big to fail and moral hazard?
3: <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, sh- sure, sure. But you're telling—I'm no, I'm
5: I'm, so joking. I'm so joking. I, I'm just joking. I, I-, <laughs> I mean, you're joking, but it's true. I mean, like if if nothing ever will go wrong, you can do the craziest things. But maybe sometimes that's what people want to do because they yeah. can't do the crazy shit when they're in their real life. You know, they can't they can't jump across those that, you know, 50 foot gap between buildings.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. it's like anything you, the, you can, you have an unlimited amount of possibilities, but it's still, you know, like their rules, like, I mean, we'll bring it back to what Aaron's favorite boring game chess. I mean, there are rules. You can do a bunch of different things in chess, but there are still rules. So it's the same with D and D Well, more like guidelines, but
5: my friend, uh, my friend, Christian, who's also my business partner had this, um, uh, hit a, dragonborn paladin and every time we played he wanted to intimidate something he just always wanted to intimidate it it, it you know it's like it was like the power he thought was the most fun to do and every time he's like he's like i want to intimidate that wall and i'm like okay go ahead and he you know he would like scream at the wall and i'd be like <laughs>
3: <laughs> he, was,
5: he, was <laughs> uh, one, he did want to punch through the wall one time and he did do it. Somehow he managed to roll the die and punched right through the wall and grabbed the the skeleton or whatever was on the other side. You were so, you know, made some, an
4: enemy for life, wall.
5: Sometimes that it works out. You know, you hit that, you know, uh natural twenty and you're just like, whoa, you intimidated that wall. It is so scared that it fell down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, all I know is Sled, now, now that I know this, Sled's going to get bailed out by the Federal Reserve. I was playing pretty risky <laughs> as per his character, but now that I'm Invincible, <laughs> and Janet Yellen's just going to bail me out all the time. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> Federal, Reserve here. Water, Federal Reserve of Waterdeep, yes.
5: <laughs> well, you know, in Vince's game, well, the, the previous one, uh, when I was playing Blackfeather, I think a lot of the party got mad at me because Blackfeather wouldn't always do what was right for the party. He would... Go looking for some strange, glowing bauble in the in the middle of a lake. Oh, like he...
1: when you went to the um, through that portal.
5: Yeah, you know, and like, everyone else is like, "What, do... what are, you every are you doing?" goddamn that? time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, but, but but adventure and shiny things. <laughs> And to be
0: fair, he was a crow, right? I mean,
5: like that's you know, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. are crow's right. Yeah. Our campaign was
4: following the the uh, sociopathic bird around and trying to clean up his uh, <laughs> his messes. Right? Who never talked. Attacked attacked guards, people, and... and James was the only
5: person who could understand what the hell he was
4: saying. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was fun. But yeah, yeah. everybody has their own like play style and things that they find fun, especially like fourth edition. I just really, I enjoyed the combat system. I thought that was, I mean, it was, it was built for combat more than anything else. It was, you know, they don't really have a whole lot in terms of like exploration rules. They abstracted all the like skills and stuff to this, you know, oh, challenge so, system.
5: That's what I think is really
4: so was cool like, about it. Yeah yeah and that's and that's the uh, the battle part yeah i like i enjoyed the focus on strategy and tactics and stuff like that um it just took lot. so
0: long to do it like i agree yeah. i loved fourth edition but yeah you know you we'd we'd play a game and it would be four and a half hours of one combat all right great guys that was a minute and a half i'll see you guys next
4: month that's like the Matrix, like everybody, time slows down, and everybody like <laughs> plans out every like every strike I, or something, and like with yeah. with
5: with my campaign with these other guys, I would I would change it up. Like every other week, it would be one week it's encounter, one week it's just them role playing and doing weird skill challenges and stuff like that, or you know, like just very free forming it, uh, and that kind of kept that from being too too intense. That that combat uh, encounter part of it.
0: If you're homebrewing, I mean, you can certainly set that up and and you know your players and you kind of read them and you know what they want. I think for the most part, you know, air quotes, whatever, D&D is a game about combat. I mean, people are playing D&D to have that heroic fantasy, you know, I can do things that I can't do in my normal life where other games aren't necessarily that you know like our day trippers game fuck it's you know it's dark drama it's it's you know not combat really at all um you know and and there's other systems you know like even fear itself you know fear itself is a slasher game but it's it's one d6 like you have a d6 to roll add a number or don't and you're you know it's done it's quick it's very fast-paced um but with that being said you you can play fourth as a heavy role-playing RPG-style game, if that's what your group is into. But I think that's the group that you're in, much less than like what the expectation is for d d If you're like, hey, let's play d and my expectation is we're going to fight shit and kill monsters, and that's what the game is going to
2: be. You've heard about those younger kids that are playing D&D, but they don't fight. They want to be pacifists. <laughs>
0: I, I hear things like, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that, where people are concerned, you know, again, air quotes, uh, that there are other, resol- you know, other resolutions in game and games shouldn't just be about, you know, might and combat and whatever.
1: what You know what? If you are uh, right, watching, if that's what you think, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you play these game You you make it up what you want it to be. If you want it to be passive, then you do that. You want to be, don't make don't I don't keep politics out of my games. All right, what me? No, not you. <laughs> the watchers, the watchers in the water. There. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, no. They, they. I just when I heard that, I just shook my head. I'm like what, that the, has they, got to be the most brother, boring game ever.
5: There's there's games out there that are actually do that. But they they you know they're not d d there's other games right yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have different systems for for doing all those different things d d you know as a game published by wizards that's not something that the the rules no, it's not, follow is it, it called safe yeah. space or you, what is it you called? can <laughs> you can role
2: play it but <laughs> safe space the new rpg
4: well, there's
3: like there's, there's games
5: that are more about role playing and you know there's like storytelling,
4: uh, and, storytelling yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Court, sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you could do D D like, you know, Gabe mentioned politics. Like if, if you want to do a game of court intrigue, that's based in a city and you know, there's, you know, whatever, but like that's your group and that's what they want to do. Then yeah, that's, that's, that's cool as fuck. Like I would probably play that game. Cause I just love to role play. Like i love to roll dice too, but I mean, we'll play whole, sessions of whatever game that we're playing and i mean we'll play fear itself and not roll dice at all for three and a half hours like it's just it's just all rp and storytelling and whatever and i love that just as much as i love rolling a d20 and adding plus whatever to hit the orc or the goblin you know
5: did anybody play uh guns and butter as a, a kid in school It's like something we did in our uh, social studies class was like play this game called guns and butter. And it was basically everybody picked, you know, like there were teams of kids and we all got like two of us or three of us got, got to be a country and you had to like manage resources and, um, negotiate with other, the other teams, which are other countries. And the, the whole point of the game was not to go to nuclear war because you would just like kill everyone. So you had to like negotiate between each other and, learn how to figure out how to trade and uh, resources and make deals and and stuff like this because uh, we found that to be super fun. Uh, Well, then of course there was one team that just stockpiled nuclear weapons and blew everyone up anyway. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like, you know, it's a a, a real life lesson that you learn how to, you know, you can't solve everything by, by bludgeoning it with an ax. And how do you do that? How do you solve those problems without bludgeoning someone over the head with an ax? Uh, and that could also be an interesting, you know, problem to solve. It doesn't just Usually have to. Usually, a mace.
2: That's so you can. Mm-hmm. You can
5: use a mace or a sword. Yeah. You can stab him with a dagger. Uh, roll your d4 for damage. And that's before um, you
4: even get into spells, you know, fireballs and yeah, all there that. There you stuff. go. Or gu- gust of wind.
5: With
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a wily coyote, drop rock from sky. There you go. Acme Batman suit.
5: You know. Uh, you know, apply <laughs> taxes to to your population so that the, you can. Build your your tanks, or build farms, or schools and stuff. It was pretty cool uh, for like ten year olds to play. I thought it was a pretty cool like experience.
4: Is that a is that a game like that is published and, and sold? Guns and butter. butter? Let me see. Guns. Or is it like something like the teacher kind of found and, and brought into classroom? The classroom it was based
2: on Guns and Roses, but they really took it a different
4: direction. It's actual later <laughs> <Laker> years. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: yeah,
5: it's an actual game okay Uh, here's the website sounds interesting yeah we played it in social studies like in middle school or something Uh, guns and butter it has a website and a podcast apparently
2: here it is guns and butter oh this is the production possibilities frontier to introduce more economics to this to make it even more geeky (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's,
5: it's about problem solving and you know it's not about it's not about combat, but it's a—it's kind of like a role-playing game because you're playing a country and you have to—you have to negotiate your country's stance with these other countries, other players.
0: All right, I'm copying this, and I'm going to throw this in the show notes for anybody who wants to uh, check it out.
4: So yeah, we got Dungeons and Dragons, which is primarily is a combat—combat-based uh, oh. game. It, it was, what, yes and no. I mean, an
1: exploration. The whole thing was predicated on cooperative, uh, cooperative gaming, um, and what, Wait, what, you, what, what there's means. little there's little extra things you choose to do within it. It's whatever you want to do, whether that's that's negotiating, whether that's that's you know, um, just hack and slash, or a mixture of them both. I mean, it, it's up to you know it's whatever the players in the DM come to sort of a consensus with. I mean, I guess as a dungeon master, you could say, "Hey, we're playing this kind of game. Have at it." Well, all right. That that's that's fine, and you either choose to do that or not. So
0: well, so let me ask you about that then, because I, I I read an article someone posted about a session. You know, session zeros are they good? Or are they bad? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was essentially it's it's bad because you kind of know your players, and you know you, it's sort of then becomes like a sort of standoffish. I'm I'm very loosely paraphrasing um, that. I, I don't know, whatever. I, I love a session zero and we didn't do, um, you know, coming into the D and D game, but we had been playing on and off and, uh, you know, sort of an established game already. What what, do you think that, uh, a new campaign, even with your existing group, your, you know, guys you normally play with, would you want to have a session zero to kind of talk about, you know, what, Expectations or like party cohesion, like, oh, if you want to play the ranger, I'll play the cleric or whatever. I, I, um, me personally, I
1: love it. It, as a mark, as a marketing tool, and as, 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 as content fodder, it, it's great. I've never found a need to do that myself. I mean, that, that could be a discussion before the game, or like, like, say our games are online and live stream. Um, Sitting with the players beforehand and discussing that. Now, if you are doing a live stream game, yeah, that could be interesting to a lot of people, yourself included. That'd be cool. So you you would include that in there. I think most people, especially, well, maybe like you said, maybe that players you you're used to. If you, I mean, if you're switching over to new game system, maybe you, might, you would do that. You give an introduction. This is how, this is how this is going to run. These are this these are the, the rule set that I want. I would want to use, and this is sort of how fundamentally I'd like you to comport yourselves. You could do that too. Um, but I think if you're doing anything online that you're sharing content with people, a, a session zero is, can be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and beneficial.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it just kind of sets everybody up to be sort of on the same page, you know, especially like if you're a group that plays D and D all the time, and you're like, Hey, let's play, you know, uh, f- fuck. I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, last girl, you know, it's a one-shot slasher, you know, you rip up, you have like a pool of characters and you kind of s- switch from scenes, you play different characters and stuff like that. Like, that's a completely different experience. So just to kind of sit and be like, okay, these are the sort of archetypes I think we should have, um, you know, this is, you know, maybe sort of, you know, how the game I, I think is going to go, um, you know, it doesn't <clears> necessarily <throat> have to be like a complete, uh i mean we've done it for the podcast where we've you know like for the rogue trader we've gone through we've created the warrant we've created the ship we've you know sort of crafted backstories online um and i i don't know i think is everybody sort of a touchstone um you know you can establish crossover and backstories um, oh, yeah. you know between characters if people want to do that or not do that whatever i, I don't
3: oh, know I, like, I, I
1: think it's pretty cool yeah is, you know, introductions of the games like we when we were doing you know our live streams at the beginning of each one whether it was number one or number you know eight you go ahead and you go around and introduce and you do a you know sort of a a, a scene report of what happened in the last game which is which is always good and then you could also add you know if you wanted to add backstory to that as well or maybe you know hey I my, my character is thinking of doing this this session we'll see if that turns
4: out that way yeah, like a pre-sort of session one thing, like before each session, like a, like a
3: no before like a whole campaign, no before whole campaign, like okay,
1: a half hour or so of just saying, hey, this is my character, this is where I want this person to go, this is the backstory, like my character knows this character this way, this happened like this, and that's why we're here.
4: Now, is it more of a um? So is it? I I haven't done a session zero, and now is it more of a um? Does it have to do with how the DM expects like the the party like dynamics to run, or just like you can what do. the campaign is going to be about, and then some of the campaign backstory. Yes, yeah, all, I mean, could,
1: all that stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Everything.
4: Okay, so it's like it's like in game stuff and metagame stuff. Like you know, yes. you know,
1: and then maybe maybe you would get to one encounter at least the introduction.
4: Okay, uh, that's cool. Now, uh, John, have you have you run some of those? Like, have you have you done session zeros? yeah
0: we did for the rogue trader game and for our cipher system game we did a uh, session zero and I, I had never played cipher Jesse had never run cipher before um, so it was kind of imperative for us to sort of have a conversation about like rules and you know how the characters fit in the world like we do like we do a lot of you know character interaction stuff backstory stuff and things like that and it and it's good for the GM too right because then it gives the GM hooks like if I mention, you know, uh, uh, you know, my favorite brother or, or, you know, a, a, a long lost uncle or something that's in the backstory, gives the GM then a hook into that player. You know, if you're playing, I assume everyone's invested or else, why are you playing? But if you're like three sessions in and the GM is like, oh, and you know, you get a letter from your uncle Bob, you know, who's having, oh shit oh, that's so cool, you know? And maybe there's, like, you know, if you're playing in person, maybe there's, like, an actual letter or, you know, maybe there's a graphic if you're using Google Hangouts or something. Like, it just, it begins to tie all those things together.
4: That could be fun. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, And is it kind of, like, has it gone, like, kind of collaboratively between the players and the DM, like, as far as, like, coming to consensus? Or is it, like, the the game master, like, lays down the law and like, everybody can say their piece or whatever. Like, I guess. I mean,
0: if if you have that kind of a relationship with the GM, maybe you want to find a new GM. (laughs) I mean, because it's, it's a cooperative storytelling game. Even if you're killing monsters, it's still, you know, everybody is telling a piece of their story, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, an elaborate 12 page backstory or, you know, just the way the character sort of comports themselves, you know, during the game or whatever. Um,
1: Yeah, it's like you said. You're you're there. Everyone is there for a common purpose, as it were. So you would assume that you know.
3: I
0: mean, it could be though, right? Like so, like so for the podcast. Like we didn't do a session zero for the D and D game, and things sort of evolved organically. But it's like, hey, we're recording. Mute your phones. Uh, you know, no eating in the microphone, if you're, you know, have to take a phone call, make sure you meet, like, you know, like those sorts of things, which would be more germane for what we do here. Um, but, but it could be that as well. Like, Hey, you're coming over. We play once a month, no phones, don't bring your laptop, you know uh, you know, make sure you you know, your kids have babysitters, your wife. So like, it could be that sort of expectation. I think that's reasonable. Like we're all pressed for time, like seriously pressed for time. And, you know, if you've got a once-a-month game, like, we're in it, let's hit it, we've got four hours, let's, you know, not that you're rushing or whatever, but, like, let's you're get as shut much everything as we else can. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Well, so sort of on the heels of that, then, um, mm. do you guys, as players, do anything in particular to sort of prep for a game? Is it, uh, you know, do you re- you know pre-roll your dice to get the ones out? Uh, you know, <laughs> do you- You know, are are you in the bathroom kind of like, you know, uh, rehearsing a character voice or do you like have a, a, you know, like a, you know, something that you hold on to that maybe your character would have like a set of dice or, you know, like a, you know, a brooch or, you know, something
2: that like give you a touchstone to your character? Well, I try to get into character um, and I try to remove myself from it. And then always, you know, I I always read through my character traits and and make sure, like, you know, for one thing, we we had a lot of opportunities didn't present itself. But uh, anytime there's a a game of chance, SLED's supposed to go and do that. But we're usually in the middle of going, we're transitioning to one place or another. And I'd probably like to do that a little bit more. But, yeah, separating yourself from your Mm character is one of the key things. Oh, Thankfully, my character is an asshole. Uh, So it's not that I can draw from my vast worldly years of experience to uh, play the character. But, yeah, definitely getting into character before I play the game is something I do. Hmm.
4: I like to uh, um, look at, you know, think a little bit about my character's backstory and what things I think are interesting um, and see, like, how I can kind of work them into the game um, a a little bit. And then also kind of think about things that, like, you know, after having played a session or two, like, eh, I don't think that would work or that wouldn't be very fun. Or, you know, this this character is, like, you know, going, like, a different direction. Like, um, in the one game, I, the fourth edition uh, game I was in with John, I had this character. I, I started off with, like, a kind of, a, like, a really sort of a serious character concept, you know, kind of like a this, like, yeah strong silent anime badass type of dude, like that horrible cliche, and he just kind of totally but he had he was an alcoholic, and it just instead of being like the the surly alcoholic guy like when it came time to actually play the game, he kind of became like the goofy comic relief drunken guy, so it went off in like a totally different direction than I had imagined it, but it was like way more fun that way, so I don't know, so then like between sessions, I would kind of think of like, okay, what parts of this character concept, do I want to continue to work into it, what do I want to change, and that kind of thing.
5: Uh, I have a horrible habit of not being prepared at all. And, <laughs> and, and, re- and relying on, on uh, James to answer all my questions. <laughs> really? That, that's so weird. Yeah, we, we, did. hey, we didn't notice that at all. Yeah, I hide it pretty well, right? You do. <laughs> James, that spells the way. I think. I think think James wanted to kill
1: you when you put Black Feather with the goddamn backstabbing. (laughs) It's the same dice every time.
0: You can only do two things. You're an Essentials character. You have a plus eight, and you backstab.
1: You can run or you can fight. That's it. Oh my god. So, so little or nothing then is your answer.
5: (laughs) I I like to make it all up at the time I need to know it.
1: Gotcha. Watch what I did last game, actually. So
2: I can't complain. I'm just thankful that we review what happened. You know, in last episode, this happened because half the time I'm drunk, like shit. What did happen last episode? (laughs) What did Sled do? Who are we? No, oh,
4: Sled gave all of his money away to charity. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Sled gave it to charity. Yeah, charity, charity. No, no,
1: man. no. That wasn't
3: that <laughs> joke, oh, no. No. You
1: know what? My best, my, my favorite, my, one of my favorite games when you guys were down, or no, you were in the uh, the warehouse, and uh, you were interrogating Sled's brother. You had just captured him. It was, Ned? That, was uh, that was fun. fun yeah.
4: Sled, yeah. Trying to get him drunk. Well, uh, yeah, there was some I remember good role rolling playing a one. Tonight.
2: That was great. Just stumble <laughs> boxes, threw our whole plan off. Like, well, plan B, fuckers. That's it.
4: That's usually that that good. Start shooting.
0: Well, that goes back to kind of what, what Gabe was saying. Like you're okay, we've got a plan, we're gonna do it. And then the first die roll and you're like, fuck. All right, wow.
2: well, here we go.
1: Whoops. <laughs>
2: Could you imagine if that, like General Eisenhower, in the preparation for D-Day, and he rolled a one, <laughs> all that preparation gone? It's like, you'd hear the biggest fuck from that bald guy in the history of
1: books. <laughs> Captain wonderful. of the SS, critical failure.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's funny, Aaron. You say that that you try to remove yourself, you know, from the character, whether in jest or not, um, because I, I feel like when you know when people ask me about role-playing games people don't understand and oh you play this character or whatever and it's like i feel that each character that i play in some form or fashion or another is a little piece of myself mm-hmm. like I, I find it hard to divorce like like dan was saying his character changed in my game my concept for aaron in the fear itself game was something that it's completely morphed over the course of just a couple of sessions to be not what i had originally envisioned mm-hmm. um and I, I don't know what it says about me, but most characters that I play across systems, it doesn't matter. Have an alcohol problem or some <laughs> other like, you know, uh, just decadent kind of whatever. And I'm, I, I'm not an alcoholic in real life. I don't drink that much. Like,
2: but it seems it. like. It, it was it was by pure coincidence all i did because you guys say oh we're starting and i'm like and i had very short time and it'd been years since i played so i said okay i'm just going to grab the first pre-made character sheet i find and it was eerie. Five foot nine, 149 pounds, brown hair, blonde, brown, brown eyes. He's an alcoholic. He likes gambling. He's a <laughs> chaotic neutral. I'm like, fuck, is his name Aaron Clary? <laughs> oh, no, it's something else. And, but then I, I also wanted to like, okay. And, and he gets a little bit of a backstory about like, I'm not going to play. But you can't. It's, it's kind of like when you write books. Vince can testify to this. I'm, I'm working on a, a fictional piece. And I do not want to have this character be me. You know, you always have that tendency. But it's, it's impossible to fully remove yourself because you're the conduit by which your character is played or your yeah. character you write in a book. And so um, I, I don't let it bother me, but I always make it like this is not Aaron. Because I get to be Aaron Clary every yes. fucking minute of my life. <laughs> I want to be somebody else, uh, someone different. And it's, it's challenging unto itself to play something different that you're not in the daytime.
4: I want to be Dan Mulhern, but who can solve all of his problems with uh, fireballs and swords
3: <laughs> and magic items.
4: <laughs> but no, no, I, to your point, for, seriously, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you want to make it interesting. You don't want to be – but, like, yeah, so it's you, you have some part of yourself in that. But, you know, you want to you know, make it more interesting, more, uh, you know, funnier or, uh, you know, just a little more An bizarre. Escape. Yeah. I just want to be an escape. I just want yeah. to, you know,
2: I, I, I don't want to be me. I don't want to be a banker. <laughs> I want to, instead of an asshole banker, I want to be an asshole archer ranger, frankly, is what it
4: no. is. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to solve your problems with spreadsheets? Fuck that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worked on a spreadsheet in years. It's great. <laughs>
4: oh, that, it that's is good. great.
2: <laughs> What what brought it home for me a little bit in,
0: in I don't know, like one of our early rogues rogue trader games, uh John uh Messi, I guess we call him in game, uh, his character went down. And you know, and I'm playing the rogue and Warhammer is like dark as fuck. You eat people, like it's it's just it's dystopian as all get out. And you know, playing the rogue trader, I'm like, oh my god, we gotta help, you know, Jarn and he's down and, Jesse's character goes over kind of like toes his guts back in with his boot, burns it up with the flamer, you know, like seals and cauterize all back up. And he's like, "eh, he's fine. And I'm like, I am not playing this game the right way. I have to remedy that because <laughs> it was just me coming through, you know, it was just like a a disconnect to the world and my place in it. And I, and I think it's been fixed. And, and instead of being dark as fuck, he's more like you know, smarmy face guy, like he's still, you know, drinking and, you know, whatever, but it, it, it makes more sense in the, in the continuity of the world then to be what he is now as opposed to like, Oh my God, I just totally just did this the wrong
2: way. The problem that John, that it's not a problem I have with you, but it's kind of weird. You have the exact same man. I can see where like some LARPing, not a lot, just a touch. But because you have such a distinct voice, it, when you when you play it was a Crixie
0: Corixies, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It, I, I'm just like, oh no, that's John. Because even if I have a turn, no, that's John. It's John. Well, see that it's I don't funny. see a dragon. I see John. Well, <laughs> I, I I didn't. So I do two
0: two voices. So the the, the cipher game is more of like you know I'm a Batman kind of you know low gruff voice, Um, and then the ah, shit, I guess that's it for the podcast. The other ones was one shots. Like I've done a Southern accent or whatever, but it, but I didn't go in thinking like, oh, I should, you know, come up with a whole vocal style, maybe like a stutter or, or some something that sort of sets the characters apart. And I, and I feel like that's where my role playing falls apart a little bit. Uh, like I listen to the Fandible podcast. I've been listening to them forever and they're phenomenal. I mean, they're, Ability to capture a character's essence and maintain it through consistent stories to me is amazing. And and that's kind of what I strive for failingly. Um, And I feel like if I had set out each game and said, okay, I'm going to try this voice in this one. I'm going to try this voice in this one. I think maybe that would have worked a little bit better, but you know what? I play a lot of games. And when we went back to play, Uh, with oscar again uh, we just played the wayward shepherdess which was a follow-up to our clockwork uh oracle game for uh, cthulhu invictus i went back and i listened to the thing and i'm like oh it's just me i didn't do anything fuck all right well here we go so it's it's just me again it's me in another game as opposed to you know lucius marius or whatever it's you know like aaron said it's this is Sean
2: playing a Roman centurion. Like, all right, it is what it is. <laughs> John, with this, I have expected if I ever come down there. and uh, ride on my motorcycle. You just answer with the sword. Oh, Hey, how's it going? Huh?
4: <laughs> <laughs> just smiting some goblins. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's actually uh, about the voices and stuff. I've been, uh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I have a five-year-old. Um, so at one point and still occasionally he would um, ask me to tell him stories. So I like, I kind of took that as an opportunity to work on stuff like that, like with D and D and, and gaming in the back of my mind, you know, cause uh, I've always wanted to be like a great storyteller. Like uh, I always admire people who can like, who can just tell a story and I suck at it. And so I like, I took that as a challenge to kind of work on that and like work on voices and timing and, um, you know coming up with like twists and stuff and uh it's been a lot of fun and it's really hard it's like after like telling a story a bedtime story to my 5 year old son i feel like mentally exhausted it's just like it's a lot of work to think up and 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 uh you know kind of try to embody characters on the fly and that's you know a- like that's it's what a dungeon it's- master has to do right
0: I, I no. used to do that with my daughter when she was little. So it was like all Disney princesses. So like I'm doing
3: four <laughs> different,
0: you know, princess voices or whatever. Yeah. Like by the time you're done, you're like, oh, jeez.
5: are we <laughs> done with this raw. book now? John, can can yeah. you
1: do Can you do one of the princess voices for us now?
2: Uh, yeah. pff, I haven't done one in forever. <laughs> oh, I need some on, Ariel. <laughs> do, uh... Do Moana or whatever the latest one is. Squeeze, squeeze your nuts. You'll sing <laughs> you <every> <laughs> can you sing one of the songs?
0: I, yes. I, I haven't seen a Disney movie in forever.
2: Oh, like you know that. Aladdin. Come yeah. on, sing a whole new world for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody there's, wants to hear no that. Aladdin, we'll do you you can like. play the the princess whatever her name was.
0: <laughs> hey, I was rapping Intergalactic the other night while we were playing. <laughs>
2: what, the Beastie Boys song? <laughs>
0: Wow, it was more of a filler. I didn't even—I don't even remember what the fuck we were playing. It must have been the Rogue Trader game, and, and I guess somebody was looking up a rule or something where somebody just said it, and they're like, "Oh, you should totally play the thing." And I'm like, "Well, I can't do it now, but."
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, these
2: kids don't even know who Beastie Boys is. Now I feel like old because, like, you don't know who the Beastie Boys are. Let me tell you. We used to fight for a right to party. We drove all all night to Brooklyn. You sound
1: like the old guys in in um um the forties. Th- no, you said no. You sound like the three old guys in um, a Cowboy Bebop.
3: <laughs> oh, Goddamn yeah. son of a! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Goddamn son of a! Bitch. <laughs> We, we work the hell out of it! Like there is no tomorrow! <laughs> you spread
1: seeds of your own kind, didn't you, huh? Every time Dude. you do that voice, that's what I think of.
2: And those kids, these kids nowadays don't know Cowboy. You know Cowboy Bebop is 20 years old uh, this year. Damn. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do like that's a crazy. Crazy. live stream. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop talk. You know how hard it is to get your parents to watch Cowboy Bebop till they get it? <laughs> Why are they in space? What's with the guy's arm? Did he use it in a battle? Does he wear the same clothes all the time?
1: Oh, she might as well wear nothing. Well, she looked the way she's looking now. She's
2: all revealed, her tits hanging out. <laughs> Why does she have weird yellow pants? What's with those suspenders?
4: Is that a boy or a girl? I don't understand. <laughs> <That won't laughs> I'm, just, I'm like I'm like,
2: watch it till they get the fucking dog and then you'll look at it. Once you get to Ayn, then it all Ain. makes sense.
1: Yeah, but there you go.
2: What's so, a wool on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's funny.
0: Yeah, I got my kid for that. We watched the uh, first two seasons of Parasite. We were watching Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was watching a bunch of other shit. I'm like, I don't have fucking time for I that. Did your little daughter
2: <laughs> watch Attack on Titan? She, well, she's 17 now. Oh, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, she's not little <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, she she keeps me young. I'm I'm, I'm into what the kids are into.
3: <laughs> you're, hip, you're hip, aren't you?
2: I'm hip to the jive, brother. <laughs> I'm
3: hip, I'm with-
2: i gotta get i got little nieces coming online and they're great because they think whatever i do is great so there's like no sales pitch they just you know paper airplanes he's god you know (laughs) let's let's feed ducks he's god you know here's some ice cream he's god and so when they're when they're a little older i want to get them into like cowboy bebop samurai Mm shampoo oh yeah so they at least Yes. Or even Bugs Bunny. So they at least oh, think yeah. you know, like this is cool because then they'll become teenagers and they're like, he's safe boy, he's square <laughs> <laughs> and I won't be cool. Uncle Aaron anymore. There you go.
1: It's there's a small window of opportunity to get those things in.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh,
2: I'm going to show my fossil collection. We're going to go hiking. I'm going to do all that cool stuff. And then the day they turn, I think 11, 11 is when, when they turn evil against you, or they just indifferent about everything? then they, that's, then when they the, that's when the chemicals get dumped in their body. Yeah. yeah. But right now, it's awesome. I mean, anything you want to do, anything, they're just excited to do it. And, uh, oh, yeah. Because you
4: know,
2: uh, they don't know any better. Yeah,
4: everything is new. Everything is novel and amazing. Oh, it's great. great. <laughs> <laughs> Not like now.
2: No, I'm so bored with stuff now, (laughs) which is why this is great escapism. I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, cool. We get to go into some magical world where my brain actually believes falsely that we're here. And then after it's done, it's like, oh, shit. Life. Yeah, that thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's it's 11 o'clock and I still have to take a shower and then get up at 430 to go to
2: work. Cool.
1: (laughs) (gasps) Shit. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles.
2: Mm-hmm. You ever get excited because you, you look forward to changing oil because you get to do it yourself? You get a little bit, man, like, hey, I get to change oil today. All right.
0: I, I actually did that today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you finish it, there's a modicum of self-satisfaction. It's not like commuting or going to, a, to an office. It's, no, yeah. Like,
0: yeah, I'm actually something. driving up to Phoenix this weekend for a gaming convention, so I was like, ah, I should probably do that before I put, like, a couple hundred miles on my car.
2: I wish that was. I would have. I would have uh, put that into my plans. Unfortunately, my girlfriend's flying out this weekend here to Vegas. But I would have, if I had known that, I would have gone. I am tentatively going back to Phoenix once I get on my bike and the weather uh, mm. gets going. But um, yeah, it's always good to geek out in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person, too,
0: yeah. The, this is fun. Like you know, playing games. You know, especially if you don't have another option, playing games online is fun. It's different than being in person. Oh um, yeah. And, and it's better than not playing at all, but it's not the same as all sitting around the table. It's just, it's-
2: right. don't, you don't have the exact same odors playing online as you normally do. And- <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, there's that. The special D&D legends of tabletop deodorants. You <laughs>
2: always have that fat kid that never wore the deodorant, and we never told him anyway not to. Just <laughs> yeah. for, I don't mind knowing, no t- but we had him. I can remember him right there. There was always that guy. There's one in every group. but if you go to yeah. a convention, there's tons of them. Yeah.
4: They're all all under one roof. We never had that guy in our group. Oh, wait a minute. That's
1: because that's because you were that guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys ever have a girl in your group or no? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah. You have,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah we, we played the when Vince and I first got together and we were playing my I guess I she probably wasn't my wife at the time, I guess girlfriend i guess at that point still probably right yeah you guys had we having
2: together. sex or not
0: yeah oh, we were i think
2: we were living well together. then you
0: were you weren't married you were you were boyfriend <laughs> uh you know and, and and vince's girlfriend like they you know like we wanted to play and vince's brother wanted to play and they were like ah eh, you know whatever we'll try it and it just it wasn't like they didn't care so much that's it was, they were like was- oh we'll play
1: whatever there was no, there was no real, there was no real like serious investment in it, and you Fine. could sense that it was, it was, it was subtle, but you could sense it, and it threw off the, the fucking table dynamic. I hated yeah. it.
0: But I've, I've had in our game, um, uh, Dan, Josh was never fully invested. Like you couldn't see because you were online, but he'd be at the table, you know, playing Candy Crush while we're, <laughs> you know, doing <laughs> a thing. Like I get when it, you know, it's not your turn in combat, but because you know the combat takes a while and it's dynamic like okay if you're gonna move over here i can get a flank shit i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that when my turn comes up because i know nobody else can get there i'll move in so Mm. you're always kind of calculating and moving where he's just you know kind of not quite as involved which is why i started you know kind of rewarding you guys for role-playing and you know giving you bonuses on things to make you guys more involved yeah yeah.
4: Yeah, it's tough it is tough with that system cuz yeah, for exactly that reason because it is it's a lot of like mental effort to to focus and plan your attack and you have to like be pretty strategic cuz you could, you know, you can fuck things up, you know. But uh
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, and yeah, the turns are long and you can't like finish your last turn and then plan your next turn because by the time you go like everybody's position is so relevant and important to what you're going to do that it's, you know, you have to wait until your turn comes up to really decide what you're going to do again. Yeah. And that takes forever. <laughs> but uh
0: see, the, the thing that always threw me about James is James is very knowledgeable, very good. Like he knows the rules in and out, but it's also very mechanical. And yeah. like for me, because of the podcast now, I really don't like that. Like I get it and it's, it's a numbers game and especially for D&D. But, I, man, I hate it as a player. You know, I just – I would rather not meta things at all if I could get away from it and just let things develop as they happen and hopefully it works out. <laughs> you know, and if not, well, shit, whatever.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
5: I, always think I have a little bit Having James there because I could do whatever I wanted, but if I needed to have his advice, I could just just. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: don't bother. Me. Just ask James, yeah. or
4: just say what you actually want to do, and he'll tell you yes the correct no. thing to do.
3: <laughs> I think that's great. Why do I don't like, need
4: just, just ask like, James. Why yeah. did you attack that guy; he's already bloodied. like, <laughs> yeah,
5: I, I got a
3: fight. I, him. I don't
5: need to remember those things because he he remembers them for me and and that lets me frees me up to play the game. So I think every game <laughs> should have
4: its rules layer. So basically, I am happy can have, with that. James he could just, just run the combat. you're
3: play
4: Yeah, we can all role play, and James could just run the combat for us. No,
5: he role plays too, but that's the thing. Like he, does, he knows he does all the rules, and then he yeah. does a great job role playing. And if that's the player, if that's the role he wants to take as a player. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. But I'm kind of like that too. Like I'm more on the side of like wanting to get, wanting to maximize, you know, get the best possible attack in and do the damage. So I'm like, I'm with James on that. Like um, trying a little bit, trying to metagame. Like I understand it's wrong, but I can't help it. Like I, (laughs)
3: like,
4: like I want to like, you know, always trying to like, Get the best turn in possible, or like you know, think of an angle. But yeah, I. Wasn't but that, that the that's game? the part.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Like you, like you don't try is. and do the worst thing possible and trying to <laughs> no, put yourself yeah. at a
4: disadvantage. <laughs> I'm gonna stand on my head, turn around, and shoot the bow and arrow with my weaker hand. I mean, you we know, all was... But think think about, but like talking like out of character. But like, all right, well, if you do this, and then wait for me to do that, and then we can, you know, gang up on this guy. And uh, and that kind of thing, you know, I guess is more like kind of out one out of game Yeah,
2: you don't even know what that is, do you? I mean, what though?
4: The is Wonder, that one Wonder of Power Twins unite? Oh yeah, form yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had yeah, I had <laughs> I watched. I had to watch the reruns. They weren't on. Uh, oh. But uh, what was yeah, the monkey's okay.
1: name? The, Aaron. What was the little fucking monkey's name? I forget. Jeep. Jeep?
2: Jeep or Jeep? Yeah, maybe it was Jeep. Jeep. Hang on. What was the monkey's name? Yeah, it was it Chim Chim uh, uh, in the Speed Racer.
4: The race. problem is there was like a monkey in every Hanna-Barbera cartoon, <laughs> I think. <so. laughs>
1: yes. McGillagorilla. Uh,
4: <laughs> great Bape.
1: Great Bape. Great Bape. Great Bape, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what? I ran into I ran into these, not kids. They're in their younger 30s. They had no idea who Foghorn Leghorn was. What? Yeah, and I had to like show them on the internet and they did not find him funny. I'm like, how do you not <laughs> find Leghorn funny? They thought I, I was said, crazy. I said, boy, he's, but, but boys about it. He's a Bright a, a
1: nice kid, but a little dumb. <laughs> Pay
2: attention, boy. You're not paying attention, son. Paying attention, son. That's one thing I don't know where to,
4: I don't know where you watch Looney Tunes cartoons anymore, except for like Boomer. badly uploaded YouTube's.
0: That yeah. boomerang is probably the only place you're going to be able to find it. And even uh, some of yeah. those now were edited for content because they're oh. offensive.
4: Yeah. I want to see Daffy Duck slap Hitler in the face. Exactly. <laughs> okay.
2: Gleek. Gleek is the name of the monkey in the Wonder paw. I was very close. Oh, Isn't yeah. gleeking when you accidentally spit on someone when you're talking? <laughs>
3: <laughs> want me to look that up too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but
0: uh, so Dan, we were when we were. I think we were playing our Wayward Shepherd game, Shepherdess game. I I had had a thought in character that you know, like in the midst of what was going on, wouldn't have been conveyed. And I'm like, oh. And Oscar was like, well, no, what is it? And I'm like, no, no, no. i I no because there's no way to transfer that information yeah. in the game. We're just we're gonna see how this fucking plays out. Yeah. But if it's something like, you know, there's there's description of action. And, you know, because we don't live in that world, we don't know what a Roman centurion may or may not know about the particular area. You know, I'm okay with, hey, would, you know, Dan's character know because you're playing a bard, you know, what that music is we hear in the tavern or, you know, who the famous composer in this town would be. And I don't find that as much meta as like what you know. What would we actually know if you didn't have that thought? Because maybe it's maybe I'm thinking it's relevant in some way, yeah. and that's not something you're thinking of. But maybe your character would know that. You can
4: like kind of ask a leading question rather than say, "Yo, Joe, roll your perception about this, that." Yeah, or yeah. Um, yeah, that that's true. Yeah, you can make it like more kind of like, yeah, less less metagamey.
2: Well, I think- combat. Is it, um, when you're in battle, is like you know what's happening to everybody because the DM's there and everybody's playing. But would yeah. your character actually know that that's you know like if there's a battle going on in another room? So I always try and play my character like okay, he wouldn't know that there's this over there or that over there. So it, I mean it, that's another thing of trying to disassociate not necessarily disassociate you say yourself from the character, but like an intellectual honesty of like well okay you wouldn't your character wouldn't have universal knowledge of everything that's going on. Yeah.
4: You can't see the board from above and, Mm -hmm. you know, where the guys are behind the columns and shit like that.
3: Right.
0: Player character, uh, uh, player character and, and character knowledge, you know, it's a different thing. It's, it's, you know, one of the things like where you make, you know, you make a perception check. I rolled a one. Okay. Well, you know, and it's whatever the GM says. And that's the way he proceeds. Like, Oh, you hear, voices whether there's voices okay i there's voices i hide in the closet or i kick the door down or whatever it is because you have to roll even though you know you rolled a one this is what i'm being told this is the way i'm going to proceed with my character even Mm -hmm. though i know it's going to be bad yeah this is what we're doing because this is what my character knows in this instant you know
2: it doesn't matter because we'll get bailed out by the federal reserve and (laughs) dungeon master we're we're, going to live forever (laughs)
0: <laughs> we, our, our buddy Glenn he, he played uh, in a campaign that, that Vince was running with us um, he was also running a game for us on the side so like alternating weeks we were playing and uh, we got into a spot where he should have killed the entire party and he didn't and I was kind of disappointed I'm like you really should have killed us and he was like ah. and I'm like but everything after this is almost meaningless because it was, it was real bad like people just couldn't roll. We got surrounded. Like it was just a terrible, terrible situation, and we got through it. And people got hurt. They go down, whatever. Uh, but it it was kind of like, eh. Yeah, it wouldn't have played the, out this way, you know.
4: Then in the future, like there's not the tension there. You're not like, does my decision in this combat actually matter? Because mm-hmm. whatever I do, you know, it'll all work out in the end. So kind of yeah, it kind of like lessons your sense of like actually uh you know like mattering to the outcome of the game.
0: Yeah. See my my goal when I was running for you guys was to take at least one person down in every combat because then it creates a scenario oh shit they failed a roll for their death save. Do I help or do I fight these other monsters now because we're not even anymore because that guy's down or that girl's down or whatever. So it creates tension in the moment of, I don't know what to do right now. Do I help or not help? Like what's going to yeah. happen, you know? Well,
2: wouldn't that kind of be determined by your character's, you know, uh, uh, morality matrix or your allegiance or alliance or yeah. something like that? I mean, that it, if you're going to play it, it, that would almost, I know it, it would create good tension. Like, Oh crap, you know, spray those down. What do we do? And, uh, but if you're if you're with your character, it's like my character wouldn't give a shit. He just you know would continue on. Right.
4: Well, right. even just even just tactically, if you just want to like survive the combat, if your goal is not you don't give a shit about Spritel in the long term, you're like after this after this fight, I'm gonna I'm gonna rob him and and leave. <laughs> just like tactically to survive the combat, what's your best option? Is it to like give him a potion or just try and take down that one guy who looks like he only has a few hit points left, like. You know, like that kind of thing. So, the but the correct
2: you know, answer is take all of his money, then get then, him the potion, yes, then go correct. fight the other guy. Yeah. Like that's, that's but so yeah, wondering. you're right,
4: though, because you can have that, Jesus, that character. Because if you're Jesus. like a barbarian, like who's just like a murder machine, he's not going to stop to like yeah. feed somebody a potion. He's just going to keep going. But yeah, so like the characters, you're right, the character's personality does have an effect on that. And, and it, that could make for uh, really interesting games. Absolutely.
0: I was going to say, we're, we're getting long, but, but before we wrap, uh, what is it about D&D or tabletop gaming or, or even board gaming, these, these kind of geeky things that we're involved with, what, what keeps bringing you back to the table? What is it about you know, D&D or whatever it is that you're playing that you know, really just gets its hooks into you?
1: Well, for me, there's several things. One, it, it brings me back to my youth. It was, D&D was an exciting time for me. It was really cool. It, it, was, it was my creative outlet before I started writing. Um, and it's still a lot of things that I have in d like the the Wandering Company novel I'm writing, which is about halfway done. That's based on a lot of uh, D&D adventures that I ran. So, But then it, we talked about this earlier, like having people at the table. So I have a few people at the table and I have you know, friends that are, you know, across the country, and that bringing you all together for a common purpose, for some storytelling, and four hours of getting away from reality, it's fantastic. You can't, I, I can find, you know, there's not too many other things I'd rather be doing. So, that's...
5: Yeah, I think it's uh, hanging out with friends and stuff, um, getting to do things that you don't do mm-hmm. on an everyday basis, because, you know, we don't, we don't play board games every day, and because we don't have anything else to do. I mean, we get together like over a weekend or something like that, and we get to you know have a few beers, you know, talk, shoot shit, all that kind of stuff. And and that that I think is what makes it fun. Because I could just sit here and play video games all day, and you know, <laughs> that 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 is a completely different experience. So
4: mm. that's true. Yeah, like in a video game, you always run into the invisible wall somewhere, like. You'll see something over in the field, over there, and, and you you go up to the fence and you try to jump over. You can't jump over because there's nothing over there. Like that's the end of the game. But there's nothing like that in D and D. It just it could just keep going. It can be you know whatever you want. You know you could you could go into business. You know start a company and 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 build that. You could found a town like there's it it's so open minded you could.
3: <laughs> I, I'm,
1: I'm sensing. I'm sensing a trigger. Plot his. His, his. I'm sensing a plot plotly, buried,
4: murderous rage. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah. So, so, so there's that. And I also just like I love creating characters and like thinking about what kind of cool shit they could do. And then like when you're actually playing in D and D and having it happen, it doesn't just exist in your head. It's like you know it's happened between like this group of people and like it's interplayed with other characters and stuff. So it's a, uh, I like that, like that kind of idea of creating a character and seeing what they could do in the, uh, in the D and D world.
2: I say it's life sucks and, uh, and it really sucks for smart people. <laughs> and because it's it's so freaking boring and that's why one of the things i liked about dnd is you got smarter than average people every once in a while you get an idiot in there that's fine <laughs> um but but Sorry. usually it attracts the the smarter people and the reason i think is you're looking for like okay we're not going to achieve our best or what we're capable of like your full potential it just can't be achieved in the real world just, you either don't have the time, you don't have the funds. Uh, in this world, like, you know, with this game, it's it's you can actually, at least in theory, see what you're capable of and what your intelligence and creativity can can do. And then it, it's camaraderie, um, you know, especially now, like you guys are saying, it's it's mm-hmm. not as good as meeting up in meat space, space but... Uh, especially nowadays, you know, the vast majority of my social life is on the Internet now, and I got to drive to different places uh, to, to meet these people. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's an escapism. It's an intellectual challenge. Uh, and then it's camaraderie as well. That, and that why I got into it earlier, even though not really knowing, you know, I, what I was getting into was just kind of like, oh, nothing's going on Tuesday nights. Let's go here. And then over time, you start to realize, hey, wait a second. These people are different. They they're they're nerdy and intelligent and, and they're not throwing the football a hundred yards. I you know these are my people. I found where I belong.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: I, I agree overwhelming with, with the sentiments expressed. I you know, for me it's the camaraderie for sure, like Aaron said. for moving from New Jersey out to Arizona, like I just haven't I'm um, south of Tucson, which is, you know, not a huge city, but you know, city-ish. Um, and there's just not as many people down here. And at the time I was married now, you know, I'm single. I have the kid and work and, you know, podcast, like I'm not going out anywhere. I'm not, you know, going to go do a bunch of stuff. You know, I did a board game meetup for a while, but like, this is, is the, the, the essence of my social life is, is just hanging out and, and playing games and having a good time. And, and it's, it's wonderful for that. I, I do also like that, you know, that cooperative, collaborative storytelling, just that creative outlet of, you know, really crafting a story, you know, whether, we're, you know, we're recording it or not. I mean, like, even when we play board games, you know, we'll just, you know i'll throw in like little like rp elements like we could be playing like just some kind of a you know oriental themed dice chucker like uh, age of war to be like oh yeah my my dudes charge the wall and you know the the uh, you know the archers unloose the thing arrows and roll the dice and you're like you know whatever happens happens but it just sort of bleeds into other aspects and i like i just really enjoy that that creative outlet, you know, because I, you know, Vince writes, Aaron writes, I would like to write I don't have fucking time to write, so games allow me to be able to express you know, express myself and sort of, you know, at least in some ancillary way, be involved in that creative process because editing is not creative, it sucks
2: <laughs> uh, The creativity is the fun part The writing sucks, by the way Vince and I will tell you that the writing part sucks <laughs> You got this great. I got plenty of great ideas, but then there's that whole three to four months of working eight hours a day and putting it to paper and adhering to grammatical rules and. Oh my God, that's the People worst. complain about typos and wrong words. And Fuck that. Then organizing and putting numbers and all this other, you know, table of contents. It's These people out. are so spoiled. Yeah. Just read it. Read it. I just want people to give me the fucking money. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I can jump on the rest of it. Get the, get the
4: proceeds. What's, That's all I want. what's this, the saying is, uh, I hate writing, but I love having written. Well, I guess it should be. Is that the saying? I hate writing, but I love getting paid for having written. That's like, good. Go. That's true.
0: Copyright That's right. C. This is, we own that now.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's a Legend of Tabletop exclusive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, Vince, real quick, but John, you, you got, all right, everybody has to experience this one. I, really, I think everyone should write a book, but mm. there's no better feeling when you don't finish the last, last word of the book, but you finished all the editing and then you send it off to the publishers. Mm. That, you, there's no other feeling like that in the world. So, I mean, if you've got that creative element, you know, oh, yeah. absolutely do it. Sh- ship, write your book, ship it off.
3: And- mm-hmm.
2: And then make your $12 a month on royalties or whatever. Because your mom bought three books that she didn't tell you.
0: Well, you know, you know, it's funny, right? But for me, it's not so much. I mean, granted, I would love to write a book and get paid. You know, whatever. But having done it, having, comp- having completed it, like Vince and I made a board game way back before there was Kickstarter and Indiegogo and all these different things. Yeah. We cannibalized a bunch of other games and made a risk style board game and it it Mm -hmm. never sold it didn't do anything i got the maps you know kind of stuff behind the shelf over there but we did it, you know i mean it was something that we accomplished for for better for worse but we still did it you know Mm -hmm. Um, you know we we published an independent magazine for a while didn't take off you know people got didn't want to do any work. So then it was just me and him and it's like, all right, well, this isn't going to work, but we did it. You know, we put out a couple of, couple of issues and it was something that we, that, you know, that we accomplished uh, yeah, cool. regardless of whether or not it was successful. It was, it's still done, you know?
1: We're yeah, We got rid of most of our issues. So, so yeah. Yeah. All right. Does anyone, anyone have any, well, all right, here we're going to go from Aaron all the way over. Does anyone have any tips as a player or a GM that you could give to your our, our viewers like what what the uh,
2: when I'm number one to answer that question I just got to come up with something right away um you yeah you're on the spot go okay I would say the first thing is to separate yourself from your character all right. that's that's so every young kid you start when you're young you start when you're a teenager and you're all about you and okay that's fine I understand that that's not for this you this is an opportunity to play different characters um, and and explore because like I said Every day you get to be you, life sucks. And inevitably, after 40 years, it's going to suck being you, no matter how awesome you might be. It's going to be, oh, crap, this again every morning. So here's your one chance to not be you. So don't be you, be somebody else.
4: <laughs> I would say don't have three kids and another <laughs> one on the way if you want to have any free time whatsoever. So that's the best advice I can give.
3: It's The I best advice ever. The Did best advice in? ever. Yeah, I love it. Uh,
4: so yeah. I'll see you in uh, 18 years, guys.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh fuck me!
3: Uh,
1: all right, John, you got. <laughs> That's going to be a tough act to follow.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if, if you're new, just have fun with it, you know, um, just take it as it is. You know, there's no wrong way to play, you know, a role-playing game. Whatever happens, happens. You just kind of improv it. And, you know, if your, your plans go awry, like Gabe said, then, you know, so be. You come up with another plan. If you're, you know, if your character dies, that can really suck. But, you know, then maybe that character lives on in that universe, you know, and, you know, Maybe there's a statue put up because they fell defeating the goblins to protect the town or whatever. Like, there's ways to incorporate those things, you know, into the game and and make it, you know. And then everybody always remembers fuck, do you remember that one time that Bill got killed by that goblin, stabbed him right in the ass, and he died? Like, it was the worst thing ever, you know? So, yeah, just have fun. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Play as many games as you can, you know, try different systems because they're all. Different, like Rogue Traders, really crunchy. Fourth Edition is really crunchy, but something like, you know, Burning Wheel or, or Final Girl or you know, Fiasco's just super rules light, and you know, it's just a, it's a completely different feel and different style.
1: All right. How about you, Gabe?
5: Let's see. Yeah. Um, you always make sure you got someone who knows the rules for you, so you don't have to know <laughs> them. Make sure make sure everyone has
1: a James at the table.
5: Yeah. Um, It's always good to have that person And then you don't have to worry about that And you can just have fun
1: Gotcha And what about you, Vince? Um, Write something every day I'm assuming most people That are watching this or listening to this Are in some way, shape, or form involved in gaming And maybe you want to write that novel Maybe you want to write that adventure Maybe you just want to write that poem Fucking do it I don't care if you say you don't have the time That's bullshit Stop watching television for an hour and take that hour and write, do it. There you go.
2: So can I write my poem? I hate my teachers.
1: You can <laughs> I expect that on my desk tomorrow. Okay.
2: Don't tap me. I will. I got plenty <laughs> of material
1: and soul for this one. All right. Well, on that note, John, you want to segue us out?
0: All right. If you, uh, if you like what you, what you're here, if you're, uh, enjoying all of our games and interviews and these round table type things, uh, Click the likes and the subscribes. We're on uh, all the social media outlets. I think just about everywhere. Uh, you know, we're on iTunes and the uh, Player FM and the Google Music Store. And oh,
1: real fast, let me interject. Will you leave feedback or something? Okay, I don't care if it's bad. Good is, is good, but if it's bad, we'll take it. It still helps the the, the whole algorithm. Our poem. Or poem, you can read the poem. I mean, if you to go back in and listen to Aaron's poem, and you know, use your own, use it as inspiration for your own, we're we're okay with that as well. So, mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, co- uh, comments definitely help on on all the uh, different uh, pod catchers, pod chasers, and all that stuff. They use algorithms to bump people up all over. Uh, YouTube's so, probably,
1: YouTube's probably going to flag this 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 video. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't edit a video,
2: so I'm gonna download this before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> well, are you, are you gonna try and monetize it? Nah, we don't we don't do that. No. I they they probably won't flag it. That that you gotta trust me. I know when videos get flagged. I have expertise in that. And this this is pretty pretty tame. This is okay. Tame. There you go.
3: I'm
2: I'm I'm loath to make people watch
0: commercials. the The fan base is not large enough to be like, hey, you know what? You're gonna watch commercials now. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Eh, We'll see what happens.
1: A couple years. All right.
0: So if you tell your friends and tell your enemies and tell your family and we get those numbers up, maybe you're doing yourself a disservice. You're going to have to watch commercials (laughs) here (laughs) next year. But, you know, it's good for us if you like the content. I mean, hey, you know,
1: pays the bills, keeps, keeps this thing going. Right. Support Legends of Tabletop. We can't do this without you. Yep, We're here we've got you.
0: coffee for sale. Check out the convoluted link in the show notes, or just go to tinyurl.com forward slash legendary brew. Uh, I just ordered like six bags, I think. Is it for, bad?
1: Uh, I Haven't had it yet, and I, it's it's our our blend. It is. It's it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty, pretty shitty. Bad. Actually, yeah, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty shitty. I'm going to I'm going to order some this weekend, and I'll let you, I'll give you a full review.
0: All right, that's fair. that's yeah, fair. You, Leah. Just I'll, ordered like two pounds. <laughs>
1: I'll I'll do a video unboxing. There you go. Yes.
0: All right. So uh, we we appreciate that. Coffee's awesome. That's all I drink unless I'm at work because I'm too cheap to bring my coffee press and coffee to work. It's whatever. But, uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. And we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network.